What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. So if you have never been here to the show, then welcome. Welcome to the show. Now, if you have been here before, then welcome back. And regardless of where you fall on the spectrum, I'm so excited to have you here, tuned in, locked and loaded. I mean, you've chosen to give your most precious resource and your time to listening to the show. You could spend that doing literally anything else, but you've chosen to tune in here today. That's something that I take very seriously. And my goal is to give you the best return on your time as I possibly can. So thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting this show. The show does not exist without anybody listening. I can't do this without you. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for supporting what we are doing here. So today on the show, we have a full-length interview. And today's guest is none other than the Larry Hagner. Now, as far as dad podcasts and family coaching goes, Larry is the real OG of this space. He's a best-selling author, speaker, and founder of the wildly popular podcast and mastermind called The Dad Edge. In today's conversation, we get to hear the origin story of The Dad Edge. It's a it's pretty crazy. It's a story worth listening to. Similar to me in this show here at Dad the Man, Larry did not start the Dad Edge because he had all the answers, but rather he, he was in search of them, and he just wanted to share what he was learning along the way. Like I said, Larry is the OG, the godfather of this space, and for me, as a rookie in the game, it's a privilege to get to learn firsthand from a vet like him. He's a guy that I have looked up to and learned from for a long time about marriage and parenting and faith and leading yourself and leading others and, and even podcasting. Larry's a legend and it was really cool to have him here on our show. But above it all, he is an incredible man, husband and father, and it was an honor to host him on the show. So here's my conversation with the Larry Hagner. And we are live with the founder and host of the Dad Edge podcast with us today, the one and only Mr. Larry Hagner. Welcome to the show, my friend. What's up, Brendan? Man, good to good to be here, man. I, I like that background too. The brick looks oh, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. I got the. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll be honest. It's thirty dollar vinyl from uh, from Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Got one on each side. Just drilled it right in. I figured I just got. I just got to look presentable right here between the the two by two here. It works, man. It works. It looks legit. Yeah, you got a pretty sick back uh, background there yourself. You got the wood background too. I do. And that's a, that's a wrap actually. So it's just wallpaper that looks like wood. So it's kind of like yours in a way, but Hey, it works. Like I, I actually didn't do much in this office though. Um, this office was plain Jane and, uh, I was gone for about a week and I came home and my wife like swagged this entire, everything you see in this office, she did. And wow. uh, yeah, she did an amazing job. And the, the wall in front of me is the same as the back. And, uh, I was just, I was blown away. I couldn't even believe it. it didn't even look like the same room. Like, so <laughs> she did a great job. Well, kudos to her. That's, uh, that's awesome, man. So for anybody listening, if you, you, if you're listening to my podcast, you probably have already heard of, of Larry before Larry, like I mentioned, he runs the dad edge. Um, Larry's like the OG of the whole dad podcasting game. He's been around in this thing for a little while. He has blazed the trail uh, for guys like me to come in and be able to start a show and serve people. So Larry, I mean, I was telling you before we came on, you are a big reason for, um, I guess, why my show exists and has continued to exist for this point. You have blazed that trail 
um, proven what's needed in the world. And you've helped so many people and I've watched you help so many people from a distance and you've helped me from a distance and, uh, man, just so excited to get the opportunity to have you on here. So again, just thank you so much for making some time for us. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. I'm excited for this. Me too, man. I, I love obviously talking about dad stuff, husband stuff, man stuff. Like it's to my blood, man. been doing it now for quite some time. It's kind of funny when I first, I, I it still feels like yesterday yeah. when I started podcasting. So to be called like an old, an OG, I'm like, wow, this is, uh, this is weird. <laughs> it's been about what, in like a good way, seven ish years or so. Yeah, man. Seven years, a thousand episodes. It's been, it's been quite the journey. Did you ever think it would turn into what it has when you started? Oh my God. No, not, not, <laughs> not at all. I mean, like before, um, before doing this, like I had a very lucrative career in medical device sales. I was a, I was a national sales director for a medical device company. So to walk from that, you know, and do this full time, um, I would have, I always thought it was going to be like a side project, like something that was very therapeutic for me. I always say like being in this seat, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm sure you probably feel the same way. I, I will never say that I'm the guru ever, ever. I'm the student and yep. I will continue to be the student until the day I die or the mm -hmm. day I stop doing this. Yep. And being in this seat, I have a front row seat to the, like the, the best education possible. And that's like learning from podcast guests and and facilitating our mastermind because e even our members, like, I mean, I'll be facilitating a group call and a guy will talk about a strategy that he's been doing with his wife. I'm like, Oh, I haven't heard of that one. So he's still yeah. learning even from your, from your own clients, which is outstanding. Yeah. That's uh that's, that's a great position to come from as being the student passing along the learnings. That's man, that's the way to do it. I was talking to um, Ray cash care earlier this week. And we were yeah. talking about that. He, he's a dude, he's a monster. I listened he to is. his interview with you and, um, man, he, uh, yeah. Talking to him, I was like, you know, it's funny. I started this show to help other people, but nobody has benefited more than me. Cause I've just been able to sit here and take notes and ask yeah. specific questions about like my kids that I'm then using. Like when I walk back into my house after this, uh, it's a cool position to be in for sure. It is. It is. Can you, uh, can you maybe tell us a little bit about your origin story, how, how the dad edge came about? I always, what, what led you to start it, man? You want to hear something funny? I always like, I like to mess with people now. Um, and, and especially people I don't know, they're like, what do you do for a living? And I was like, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I, I always say this first, cause I know there's going to be a question coming next. I was like, I make a living on a microphone. And they're like, are you a DJ? I'm like, no, I'm a podcaster. And they're like, and they're like, on what? And I'm like, I, I podcast in the dad space. So like helping men be better men, fathers, husbands, all that. Yeah. And they're like, wow. Like, how did you get to to do that? And I was like, yeah, you know, it was a Sunday morning. I woke up and the sun was shining and I looked out the window and I had this epiphany that I knew everything there was to know about it being a man, husband, and father. And I just had to share it with the world. And they just kind of look at me and I'm like, I'm totally pulling your leg, man. Like, yeah. or, you know, I, I, <laughs> totally full of shit right now. Like I, yeah. it wasn't that way at all. Like it yeah. was pretty at all. Um, my origin story, I think really started with me as a kid. Um, you know, I was, you know, my mom and biological father were married, I think for about four years, they got married when they were like kids, like 21 years old. And they had me like four years later and they only stayed together for like a year after I was born. But I have, I have no, re no recollection of my biological father. None. He was gone after that. And, uh, I remember four years old, like I remember being in preschool and I vividly remember men coming to pick up their kids 
Like I still even remember like one dude in a suit who had blonde hair to come pick up like his son, who was a friend of mine. And I knew what a dad was. I just knew we didn't have one. I didn't feel like I was missing out on a thing though, because in my four-year-old mind, like moms go out and find dads. Like there, there's no origin of a dad. Like they find them eventually. And I was just like, well, my mom hasn't found our dad yet. No problem. So I'll never forget, man, four years old. My mom told me, she's like, Hey, um, so I have a friend of mine coming over for dinner tonight and I want you to meet him. He's a very special friend. Like I remember her vividly saying that. Yeah. And I knew, and the first thing that clicked in my mind was, oh my God, she found my dad. And so I didn't say that out loud until the guy came walking through the door. And I'll never forget, this guy comes walking through the door. There had never been a dude who walked in my house. It's 1979. He's wearing like a trench coat. He's got like a handlebar mustache. He's got three-piece suit on. He was a white-collar data software engineer for a computer company. And came walking in. I just remember like the feeling that I got, like looking up at this guy, like, oh my gosh, like this is a dude, right? And I, my dad. So I shake his hand and the very first question that flew out of my mouth was, are you going to be my dad? And I remember how awkward like the room was after that question was dropped. Yeah. I can uh, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think my mom kind of took that as a sign because she ended up marrying yeah. him like six, six months later. Oh, wow. And yeah. The funny thing was, man, I actually have photos to prove this. My mom put me in like a dumb and dumber blue tuxedo because I was the <laughs> ring bearer. Like I, it was a blue tuxedo. I was like, oh my God, that's like dumb and dumber. But uh, they got married. They stayed married for six years. And if I could give you like a, like a, a 30,000 foot view, every year that they were married, it just got worse and worse. I don't think my mom ever actually truly loved the guy. I think she kind of like just took it as a sign. Like, man, I need to complete this family. I need to find this kid a dad. And I think that question probably was the catalyst for that. Sorry, dad yeah. stuff, monster dog. <laughs> um, and he was just a very, he was a very nice person when he was sober, but when he drank, he was very abusive. And my mom and him, they'd go at it. I mean, dude, cops were called to my house. Um, you know, they would fight, he'd beat on me. Like, and when I was 10, they got divorced and he left and I've never seen him since. And I found out about nine, 10 years ago, he died. And, um, you know, just never really knew him after that. But then when I was 10, I started, I was like, wait a second, where did I come from? Like, I know he's, he adopted me and everything. So my last name to this day is still his. So I started asking my mom, like, wait a second, where, where did I come from? And she's like, well, I was actually, I was actually married before him. And I was like, I was like, what, what are you serious? And she's like, and show me the wedding album. And I was like, holy crap. Well, a couple of years later, I'm 12 and I have an opportunity to actually meet him and sorry about the dog all that good man stuff. you'll probably um, hear mine at some point too right but I, I actually had the opportunity to meet my dad which was very surreal and just for the sake of time i won't go into how but it was really really freaky how we met yeah and uh but he was remarried at the time two-year-old son another one on the way and man i, I was ecstatic like i was like I, th I literally thought my, like my life was complete. Like, Oh my God, this is like my real dad. Right. Mm -hmm. He came to my little league games. We hung out every week. I hung out at his house. His wife was super nice to me. I had a two-year-old half brother. Like I was like, this is heaven on earth. Right. Well, about five months into that relationship, I definitely noticed that there was like some stress that was like weighing on him. Mm -hmm. I couldn't really pinpoint it, but now that I'm an adult, the best way I can describe what I felt with him was if you've ever dated a woman and she's not into you anymore, but she hasn't told you, you just know it's coming. That was yeah. the feeling.
And I remember picking up the phone one time and I called him and I'm like, Hey man, I was like, is everything okay? Like, I just feel like we're not right. Like, um, and he's like, gave me the whole thing of it's me. It's not you. Um, I can't do this. And I was like, Holy crap. Like, and he left and that was it. And I like literally just plummeted as far as like emotionally, even physically, like I overate. Um, I gave up on school. I failed the eighth grade. I actually had to do eighth grade twice. Um, I did turn my life around though. Went to high school, graduated college, got my degree, went into pharmaceutical medical device sales, um, married my college sweetheart. But the story, like I was, I was in and out of relationships, didn't know how to navigate. My mom was married a total of three times and she dated several men in between. And every guy, man, was the same guy. And the reason I share same guy, meaning like toxic, alcoholic, crazy person. The reason I share that context, because that was my experience growing up was it was some of my childhood was spent without a dad. Other parts of my childhood was spent with with some sort of toxicity, fatherhood figure in my life. And the thing that freaked me out the most, man, was becoming a father the first time and also getting married. Cause I always thought like, well, if I'm going to get married, it's going to end in divorce. You know, like that was kind of my thought process, but the story kind of ends and begins here. I'm 30 years old, been married for two years. First son is on the way. I'm in a coffee shop here in St. Louis for a business meeting and who comes walking in for his morning coffee. But my father, I hadn't seen him since I was 12, since he told me wow. like, I, it's me, it's not you. Yeah, I knew exactly who he was. And I was like, and one of the women I was with who worked with me saw the look on my face and she's like, are you all right? Like, you just look like you've seen a ghost. And I was like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're not going to believe this. I was like, but my, my father just walked in. She's like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm you know, my father. And she's like, the one you haven't seen since you were 12. I was like, yep. She's like, where is he? I was like, he's right there. And she's like, all giddy. She's like, what are you going to say to him? I was like, Nothing. I'm not going to say a word to him. Like, what am I going to say to him? And uh, she's like, you're going to let your dad walk out of here without saying a word to him. You haven't talked to him in 18 years. I was like, that is absolutely correct. So she, without a word, she gets up and walks over to him. I had no idea what she was doing. I was like, and she sat down next to him and I was like, started talking to him. And I was like, oh my God, what do I, what is she doing? What do I do? There was a part of me that just wanted to leave. Yeah. He comes over, extends his hand. It's like, Hey, like, how are you? And I'm like, fine. How are you? Like, I wasn't an asshole, but I wasn't nice either. I was kind of in between. And, uh, he's like, we ended up kind of catching up and told him I was having a kid and all this. He's like, we should get together sometime. And I think I literally looked at him and I was like, you don't have to do this, man. He's like, no, 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 no. I, I, I want to. And I was like, yeah, but you don't have to. And he's like, no, I'd really like to get together. And I gave him my card. And I was like, if you want to talk, this is how you get a hold of me. And I didn't expect to hear from him. And the next day I got this crazy long email from him, basically just pouring his heart out that he regretted the decisions and wanted to get to know me. And would I be willing to give that a shot? And here we are 17 years later. And I still, I've got a great relationship with him. Two younger half brothers. He's still married to the same woman. I make my dad sound like a bum. He's not, he's actually an an insanely successful business owner, entrepreneur, um, and fully functional adult and has two great sons, you know, and also me there too. Um, but what I'll tell you about dad edge and how it got started was I was lost the first six years I was a dad and the first eight years I was married, no idea how to navigate. I was your typical lost guy. 
got all my validation from work. I was short on patience with my kids. I just was frustrated, had a mediocre marriage. And then it finally just came to a head. My four-year-old who's 14 now stepped out of line one night and as any four-year-old would. And I always swore to myself one thing, I'll never strike my kids in anger ever because I knew how that felt. And what did I do? I, uh, I hit him. I spanked him on the butt and I thought that was kind of harmless at least the instant that I did it and I hit him and he hit the ground, lost his balance. And when I saw him hit the ground and knew, knowing that the reason he fell was because I spanked him, I was like, I knew at that moment something had to change. The back of my book that's coming out, The Pursuit of Legendary Fatherhood, my publisher asked me to write a description and I sent him over the description. He's like, we can't put this on the back of the book. I was like, well, you're going to. And the first sentence is, um, I became the monster that I swore to protect my kids against. And that's how dad edge got started. And I went in my office that night, I was crying because I knew I didn't, that's not the road I want to take. And I, that night I decided I don't know how to do this and I'm going to learn. And that learning has turned into everything you see now, which is our blog and podcast. And it's still learning still. It's never stopped learning, but that's what data just has, how it got started. That's, I mean, what an outstanding origin story. I mean, there's, there's so many different directions we could go from there, but what I, I think is so um, inspiring and really interesting about your story is the way that you, you had no example, like you mentioned that before of what it looks, what a healthy marriage looks like, what a healthy relationship between a father and son really looks like. But you took that and just went the other way, like 100% from that point in time, especially from the moment where you spanked your son and have turned that into this lifelong journey of learning of how to be better in those different areas. It's like, you know, you think about the things, you think about the progression of generations and we think about the things that we learn from our parents. And there's always some things like I, I my background, to put it, plainly is probably closer to the polar opposite of what you experienced. I had a pretty idealistic background. So my origin story almost comes from more of a place of, I have an obligation to carry the torch of what I was taught. Um, but even in that, there's always things where it's like, okay, there's things I want to keep doing for sure. There's, and then there's some things I want to try to course correct on and do a little bit differently. But that the fact that you were able to bunker down on that, like we're going to do everything differently and we're going to crush this thing moving forward. And you've completely changed the direction of your your family tree here moving forward. So, man, kudos to you for, I guess, just being willing to have the the humility to sit down that night. Sit, like you mentioned, you sat and you cried and you're upset and you didn't go to a vice. You didn't go to, I don't know if you had a drink or not, but you didn't turn, you didn't, it, if you did, it didn't stop there. It didn't turn into scrolling on social media. It turned into productive action that, um, man, uh, millions of men are benefiting from. So kudos to you, man. And thank you for having well, that response to the, to the situation. Real quick. Do you want to hear something really funny? And I'll, I'll be quick with it. Uh, yeah. it was, uh, I was on social media that night. That's actually how it got started. Cause I was just like, I'm just going to my office and get on Facebook. Cause that's what happens when you have something disastrous, how you go look at everybody else's life and you just don't <laughs> numb it. You don't think about your own. Yep. The thing that started actually was a Facebook page called the good dad project. And I saw this little button in the left-hand corner said, create a page. And 
I don't know what I call it divine intervention. It was God's Mm -hmm. hand, not mine. I clicked that button and said, what do you want to name your page? And I didn't even think about it. The good dad project, like literally just rolled off my mind and heart and onto that keyboard. And that was like, I, that was just a surrender. And I, I started thinking I'm going to learn something. My, my thing with that was I'm going to learn something new every day and I'm just going to post it here. So I have a place to put it. That was, that was really it. Yeah. Never did it for a following, never did it for a podcast, never did it for, I didn't even know what a blog was. And I literally was just like, I'm just going to post it here because I need a place to keep a record of what I'm learning. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that was the, that's what started. That's, I mean, that's outstanding. Um, I, I would love to pick your brain a little bit about some of the things that you've, you've learned over the last, you know, seven ish years since, since that point in time. Um, you've gotten to help so many different people. You've had the reps of, of working with guys, working with yourself, interviewing the, you know, the biggest and baddest dudes in the world, the guys who are the best in the world at what they do. You've, you've interviewed all the experts. Um, I'd be interested to know, like for the guy who is coming to you, they're coming to the dad edge, they find your podcast, they gravitate to you. I would imagine they, in a lot of instances, there's some feeling of maybe, maybe they're lost and they, they're finding hope in what you're sharing. What is it that you're really helping them with? Like, what is the first thing that when a guy comes in and says, Larry, I need some help. Like, how do you steer a guy from there? So if you really look at what we do, right, it's, it's helping men lead themselves. And by doing that, by evolving and growing, they get to lead their wife with their wives. And then they get to be better men and husbands and fathers because of it. So it's, it's this ripple effect, you know, here, here's the interesting thing. And I think this will really normalize a lot of what your audience feels. And I know my audience feels if you look at anything like this is the really, and and as I explain this, this will be what my hope is, is that you'll, you'll have this aha moment. Like I did, because if you really think about it, you're like, Holy crap. Like we were set up for disaster. Like when it comes to marriage and parenting and mindset, and here's why take a cop. If you want to be a police officer, you don't show up at the precinct and they give you a gun and a badge and a uniform and a squad car. And they say, Hey, best time your whole life. You'll figure it out. Oh no. There's 990 hours of training before you can even set foot and start doing law enforcement. I think to be a firefighter, it's like 800 hours to be a surgeon. It's it's eight years of medical school and two years of fellowship and residency, right? Yep. They don't just, you don't just graduate high school and say, Hey, I think I want to be a heart surgeon. And they're like, Oh yeah, don't worry. Watch a couple of these videos. You'll be good to go. Yet when we get married, like you say, I do, you walk down the aisle, you're hugging all your relatives, like, and you're sitting there thinking like, Holy crap, I have no idea what the hell to do. There's no skill sets here. There's no, like, I don't, I don't know how to build intimacy with my wife. I don't know how she communicates. I don't know her love language. She doesn't know mine. And people are just like, Hey, best time of your whole life. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. Same thing with a kid. Like, I don't know about you, but even if you grew up like I did, like I, my mindset was, well, I know all the things what not to do. And that's enough. The last time I went to Lowe's and picked up a barbecue pit and got the instruction manual. It didn't say, here's 100 ways not to put this together, but best of luck, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Yet, that's how we go about fatherhood. That's how we go about parenting. That's how we even go about leading ourselves. We're like, oh, it should come naturally to me. I should, it should, I love her. So 
we should just figure it out. That's not enough. I love my kids. I should just be able to figure it out. Like without tangible skills, we are set up for disaster. We just don't look at it that way. Yeah. Um, I think it's a Yogi Berra quote. I, I, my family, I was born in New York. I got a bunch of family in New York. So I'm a, I'm an old Yankees fan. I think it was one of his crazy quotes is something along the lines of like, if you don't know where you're going, you'll never get there. Oh that, my gosh. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. That came to mind thinking about the, uh, here's a, here's 101 ways not to, not to be a good husband. Yeah. Um, so let's dig in on that. So if we're thinking about those skills, so we're just, if we think about the average husband and father, we're married, and we've got kids, we want to lead ourselves so that we can then um, lead, lead our families better. Like what are the, what are the skills? So if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I gotta have, like, you gotta have this or you gotta have that. Where do you steer people first? It's a good question. It it's completely dependent on the situation. Um, the really cool thing about doing so, like, for instance, like our mastermind is called the data edge Alliance. You know, that's, that's our, paid membership platform. That's our group coaching environment. In order to get into that program though, uh, there's not a join button. There's an apply button. The reason we have an apply button is for, well, I'll share this with you. It's, it's kind of interesting just how human beings are, right. And how willing they are to actually do work or execute. Our application is six or seven questions long, mm -hmm. but it gives us a really good glimpse of what is on your mind and heart. Why is it important for you to join and what are you looking for? Mm -hmm. Eight out of 10 men who apply want to create an extraordinary marriage. So marriage is top of mind for men, that, that relationship with their wife, they really want to elevate that eight out of 10 men. So that's quite a bit. The second one is parenting, right? Mm -hmm. um, but here's the interesting thing. You, <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you a question and you tell me what, what you think the percentage is. Okay. Okay. So there's six or seven questions on our application. It probably takes six minutes to fill it out. What do you think the completion rate on that application is? Oh, well, I know you're leading me to guess low. I'm, I'll guess, uh, I don't know, 30%. That's pretty darn close. It's 29%. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. I'm, 29%. I'm usually a bad close. guesser. Well, okay. you know, on kickoff calls, like, cause I think a lot of the guys are a bit surprised. They're like, you got to apply. And then after you apply, you actually book a call. We have uh, two men that do, um, do our discovery calls with guys, mm -hmm. you know, to just, and it's really for them to get to know the men who want to come and do life with us on a personal level. It gives the men a personal touch point. It's not a sales call. Mm -hmm. It's a discovery call to make sure, Hey, can we help you? And are you a good fit for us? Cause we have criteria that we look for in men, but, um, it takes a little bit of work, but here's, here's what that application process does. It vets out the people who aren't willing to do the work. Like if you can't yeah. fill out seven questions, how willing are you going to do any work or skill sets when you come into the to the mastermind group? And we don't want a bunch of tire kickers in in the in the group. We want men yeah. who are going to light the fires. Yeah. But I would say to give you real data, um, it would be um it would be men are really looking to elevate the the connection with their wife. And then when I if I talk to them or our team does. What is it you really want when it comes to marriage? A lot of men, what they say is, I want better communication, better connection. That's mm -hmm. what we hear the most. And in order to do that, there's actually nine skill sets that we teach with communication alone. And so like the funny thing is, is if you don't know how to be, if you don't know how to use what we call, you know, tactical empathy, mirroring her, your proper voice tone, generative questions, creating an environment of psychological safety, that's just five of them. Mm -hmm. if, you, if those sound completely foreign to you, 
it's because we're not taught those things. However, they are insanely important if you want to connect with your wife. Yeah. Um, that it makes me think back on before my wife and I, I got married, we did some premarital counseling and we had, I mean, it wasn't a long course. It was literally like two sessions yeah. leading yeah. up to the weeks with the preacher. Right. But literally those two sessions, like the lessons that we learned in that have yeah. become like the foundation of our marriage. So I'm like, right. we got a tiny little sliver of goodness and that has served us so well for the last seven, eight years. Like imagine like to your point, like what if we actually learned more skills? Like it's, it's just yeah. more ways to get more of what we want, which is that better connection with our wives. Well, so here's the funny thing, like, and this is another just aha moment, like, and just the way society kind of sets us up in order for you to get a driver's license, you have to take a test and then you get a license. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you're 16 and you yeah. see your parents drive. So here, here's a license, right? In order for you to graduate high school, there has to be courses that you have to not only finish, but get decent grades enough in and then say, yes, you have your diploma. Same thing with college. Same thing like with a hunting license. You have to go get certified that you know how to safely use a firearm. Yeah. But with marriage, oh, let's, you just apply for it. And then whoever marries you signs off on it. But I honestly think that if we, if, 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 we were just required to take, call it two or three courses or classes, right? On just the basics, mm -hmm. like you did, right? Yep. That become like these foundational elements of how you operate within your marriage. Think of how marriages would change just with a tiny bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And to your point, there'd probably be some element of like the application to get into your mastermind where it's like, oh, we have to do these two or three things. Forget it. We just won't do it. Right. And, and that's why we do that because, well, number one, we want to get to know men before we meet with them to, mm -hmm. is there, I mean, there are some guys, man, on that application that just pour their hearts out. Yeah. And, and we love that. We welcome yeah. that. Like, Hey, give us the detail of what's going on in your life. So we can, so we know exactly where to point you in the right direction. Yeah. The funny thing is too, is men who <laughs> we have men, not many, but we've had a few who they'll quit after like three months and then they fill out a feedback form. And one of the questions is, is how, what was your, what call team are you on? How many call teams did you attend in a week? I never attended one. Like not, they didn't do one thing. And then you go back to their application and they gave one word answers on their application. So like yeah. right away, you knew they weren't workers. Yeah. They're expecting magic. They're That's expecting magic. Yeah. Um, man, that's phenomenal. How many guys do you work with? So we have 800 guys in Data Edge Alliance, and then we have 50 men in what we call Data Edge Accelerator, which is for our business owners. So that's like Data Edge business owners. Yeah. And the reason we do that is because um, if you're a, a dad, husband, business owner, your mind it's not better or, or worse. I'm not saying that, but your mind works quite a bit differently. Meaning like, so for instance, a lot of men who own their own business are physically, mentally, and emotionally really tied to that business. And it takes a physical, mental, and emotional toll that, you know, I think when you're like, uh, when you work for a W2, not all W2s, but some, like you can compartmentalize and you can leave work at work. You know, mm -hmm. like, um, if you, if you drive for FedEx, then when your shift is over, you can go home and not think about driving for FedEx. But if you're, you know, a coach or you're, you know, a business owner that does whatever, like, so for, we have a guy who's a ridiculous, ridiculously successful 
um, business owner and he he's a junk removal guy, but he's got a team of 15 people that work for him and customers and he's needed, you know, 18 hours a day. Like somebody could be paying him for something. Right. So that Mm -hmm. takes a toll on men. So we have that, we have a different program for those guys. Very cool. You mentioned your, your book before. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah. So it's called, uh, the pursuit of legendary fatherhood and the publisher that I was going to go with a while ago before they declared bankruptcy. Uh, he's like, what about, what about legendary fatherhood? I was like, that's cause there's no such thing. I was like, no one actually climbs to the top of the mountain and says I am a legendary father, but there's the pursuit of it, right? There's, yeah. there's the passion for it. There's the learning, there's the continual student. So that, yeah, it's called a pursuit of legendary fatherhood It's divided up into four sections. Uh, the first section is what we call, what I call the current state. So the current state of basically what's on the mind and hearts of men, the things that they're not saying out loud, the things that even society kind of puts on us, like a lot of society, you know, like they, they look at us like Peter Griffin, like we just don't know anything, <laughs> Lois, right? And, that's pretty good. And, thank you. And uh, so that's like the current state, just what men kind of go to battle with every day. And then it's divided up into husband, father, leader. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. So we're, we're going to be following along on, on the book. I've, I mentioned that to you beforehand. So we'll check in before we put the episode out because I definitely want to promote that. And that's, that's one that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. I'm, I'm pretty picky about the books that I read. I, uh, I'm a slow reader. So like, if I'm going to commit to sitting down and reading a book, like I know it's going to take me a good chunk of like weeks or months to get through it. Um, I'm just a slow reader. That's how I am. Um, but man, that list, that book will be on, on, on the list of books that, that I am looking forward to and will absolutely read. Um, Thanks. So we'll, we'll be sharing that, blasting out when it comes on. So um, kudos to you for getting that out, by the way. I know that can't be a, I know that's not a small endeavor, actually writing a book. How long did the the process take for you to write? That's kind of funny. Uh, so I, I w- the, the funny thing was, is I was tinkering with it during COVID. So like 2020, I'm like, eh, I'll write a little bit. And then I'd not do a thing with it for like three or four months. And then, you know, then 2021, um, 2021 hit and I got to know the publishing agency that I was going to go with. And I was, and I kind of presented the idea to them and they're like, that's, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And so, but it wasn't until the beginning of 2022 that I got really, really serious with it. And I was almost done with it at the beginning of the year and then inked a deal with, with this publishing agency. And it was 50,000 words at first. And then the editor came back with feedback saying like, Hey, good book. We want you to add some things to it. These chapters, this section, this type of thing, this type of thing, this type of thing. And in the month of May, I wrote 35,000 words in one month. Wow. It sounds crazy, but it was the easiest 35,000 words I've ever written. And it was because I had very, I I knew exactly what I was going to write, how I was going to write it, what I was going to add to it. And, um, after I submitted it, they're like, and that's it, that that's what we've been looking for. (laughs) So it, it took a while, but I did it like in pieces to where like I would take very long breaks. And then I, you know, in the month of May, I, I don't know. I was just in flow state. Just really got to it. That's uh, that's cool, man. We're, we're going to be looking for it. I'm, I'm excited to check that one out. Um, I want to ask you this. So you're, you're like, we've talked about, you've done the podcast for seven ish years. You've, you've studied this, you've studied men, you've talked to experts, you've raised your own four kids or in the process of doing it. I'd be interested to hear, like, if I just tossed you an open mic, it was like, 
man, what's like your philosophy on parenting? Like, what are the couple things that you want your kids to say about their dad? Or like, what are the couple principles that you want them to learn from you? Like general question, you could take that wherever you want it, but like, how would you answer that as like your, what's your approach to, to parenting? I wouldn't have said this probably three years ago, but, um, my sons would say my dad was a spiritual leader in my, in my family. So he had open conversations with me about God and about religion and viewpoints. And, and I would say that's the most important thing. Um, I would say the second thing are like skills, right? Communication skills, being an empathetic listener, um, being an excellent conversationalist, um, being confident, being a confident young man, um, you know, my, I, my, the age ranges of my kids are, are six to 16. And the cool thing is, is I get to watch their life unfold. And each one of my kids are very, very different. So like my 16 year old, he's like a ninja at conversation mm-hmm. and questions and relating to people. And he's one of those people, I say people now, cause he's like a young man that when you talk to him, you instantly feel like you can tell him anything. Like he's yeah. just that good. And then my, my 14 year old, he is like this insane workhorse. Like he's a football player. He's quiet. He's humble. And the kid is an absolute monster beast on the football field. And in, and in life, I mean, he's a published author. Wow. He, he's a, he's a starting uh, linebacker. Um, He's a long snapper. He's on special teams. He plays about 80% of every football game and he makes these crazy ass plays and these tackles. And he's the one kid that never celebrates ever. Like I have videos of him like coming off the field and people are like, "Ah," and he's just like walking off and like, he's like, yeah, thank you. And that kind of thing. But his buddies are just like, they'll get one tackle and they'll be like, you know, they'll scream (laughs) and all this other stuff. And he's very humble. And I love that about him. And then, um, my, uh, my (laughs) eight-year-old, he can read people so well, which is so cool. Like yesterday I was having a, a pretty bad day. And, uh, he could sense it. I could tell he could sense it. Mm-hmm. And he's like this little ninja with these, I, I call it the skill set of generative questions, being able to ask a good question to get someone in, in a mindset where they want to have a conversation. Yeah. And he knew I was having a bad day and he goes, so what was your most, most favorite part of your day today, dad? And I was like, you little ninja. Cause I ask him that all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I would say like those type of skill sets being, being a, a good man, a good leader, a confident young man, somebody who inspires somebody else. Right. Um, those are the types and a God fearing man. Those are the types of skills and, and people that I, I want to feel proud raising. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Um, I want to, I want to pick in on that just a little bit. So you mentioned a couple of years ago, you don't think that your kids would have said that you were maybe the spiritual leader of the family, but now that you believe that they would, could, do you mind just quickly getting into telling us a little bit about maybe what that spiritual journey has been like for you. Uh, was that a process of finding faith, growing in your faith? What did that look like for you? Well, this is where I think so in Dad Edge Alliance, we, you know, we have this iron sharpens iron, you know, type of mentality where good men have your back. You can't sharpen iron with a cupcake, right? You need good men in your life who are going to, you know, tell you like it is and 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 not in a disrespectful way, but because they love you because they want what's best for you. Right. And they tell you in a respectful way. I always had, I I grew up Catholic 
And I always had this, uh, well, if I go to, if, if I'm a box checker, that's good enough. In other words, and I started getting questions from my kids at, a, at an early age, like, well, why do we do first communion? Why do we get baptized? Why do we even take communion? Why do we go to confession? Why do we read the Bible? And dude, I couldn't answer these questions. And I had all this childhood experience with being Catholic. And this is when you know you got good people in your life. I would say 2018 or so, um, I haven't dropped an F-bomb on my podcast and I can't remember when, and I won't uh, anymore. And um, I was using language on social media to really get to the minds and hearts and, and rattle people, right? Mm-hmm. Like with some of our messaging and stuff like that. And I had a really good mentor of mine who's about 10 years ahead of me, meet me for coffee one morning. And I knew he wanted to talk to me about something tough. I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. And he basically called me out on it. And he's like, why are you using that language online? You know, do you really want to be associated with that? And I was like, I don't really care. I was like, I'm trying to get to the minds and hearts of men. Sometimes you got to, you, you got to rattle them a little bit. And he's like, yeah, but is that the way to do it? And I was like, sometimes, and I was my ego talking. And that's when he started asking me, he's like, well, what's your relationship with, with, with God? And I'm like, and it kind of pissed me off. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, it's good. It's fine. Like I go to church, I pray. He's like, yeah, but do you know? And I was like, and it, it pissed me off to no degree actually. And, but I, but I, I had 24 hours to simmer on that conversation. I contacted him and I was like, you know what? I needed that. Thank you. And I'm, I am looking for something. I just don't know what it looks like. Well, then that same man invited me to a program. It's totally free. Um, <laughs> called operation Timothy where Timothy, I was Timothy and he was my quote unquote, Paul. It's a two year mentorship it's, it's online and you meet. Every I met him every other Wednesday at 7 a.m. from 7 a.m. to 8.30. Mm-hmm. And he would take me through these three online books and reflective questions and scripture. And basically, basically what happens is is you you form this this understanding of who God is and what he's all about. I was always so overwhelmed by the Bible. I was like, I don't even know where to start. And I don't even know what the heck I'm even reading. But but that program really translates so many amazing things and it gets you to reflect on a lot of things. And that program has completely changed my life and my relationship with God and even my conversations with my kids. And now I'm I'm actually taking my 16 year old through it. So I'm his Paul and he's my Timothy and I'll be taking my, I'll, I'll take all my boys through it. That's, that's amazing. I I really appreciate you being willing to, I guess, express that position of like being intimidated by the Bible. Oh yeah. Being a Christian, like quote unquote, like you said, checking the box, but that book is intimidating and there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to read. It's like, it's hard to sit down and just knock it out and learn it. Right. Which I think like, that's something that I've really tried to grow through recently. Something that I've experienced is like, man, I got, I got to learn this better, but it's intimidating. But then I get overwhelmed because I'm trying to read too much at once. And then I'm trying to rush through it. I'm not really capturing the essence of it. So it's only for me, my, my journey is probably similar to an extent and that I'm really trying to just digest the book itself and give myself a little grace to do it at a pace where I can learn it and hold myself yeah. accountable and like have the Bible open on the morning. Like I, I do that every morning now. And I want my kids when they come downstairs to see that book open on the desk. I don't want them to be intimidated by it. I guess the way that I have been. Um, but I also think that's, that's a scary thing for people to admit. Like it's almost like there's this stigma of like, oh, you're a Christian. You should know that book. Like you should know it all and you should, you should have it memorized and you should know how to live by it and how to defend it. And it's, it's a scary thing, man. 
just having permission to go explore it and learn it is, I think, a powerful place to be. Yeah. And I think, to be honest, like I, I really honestly think having a guide, you know, to just help you along the way. I mean, that's what's so cool about like being in a mastermind, right? You have men who are ahead of you in the journey, or we had one guy who, who said, uh, it, it's on our, on our leadership team. Cause we have a leadership team of four. And he even said on a call, yesterday, he's like, man, I just, I love being a part of this leadership team because I feel like I have four minds. Yeah. And I was like, expand on that. He's like, well, every, whenever I think I have a good idea or if I'm lost, somebody is ahead of me somewhere to where I can tap into their genius. And I was like, man, and, and it's the same thing with, with, I think Christianity and your faith. And if you are lost, like I never even thought, like if I'm lost and I don't know where to go from my faith, like why not ask somebody who's ahead of me in that journey? Like I always thought I was burdening somebody. It took him to actually invite me to do Operation Timothy. I didn't ask for it. Mm -hmm. And he invited me to do it and I accepted. But that was one of the coolest things was, is I had all these questions and I was confusion. And yet I had somebody who is, who is willing and able to answer those questions. And if he didn't know the answer, he'd be like, Hey, we'll, we'll figure it out. And we'd figure it out. And, but that was just such a non-intimidating environment to learn that stuff. Yeah, man. That's uh that's such a powerful illustration of how God will work through other people to, yeah. to help us and how we can be the vessel to help other people as well. Larry, okay. I want to be respectful of your time. I could, we could turn the corner and run on this all day, but I want to be respectful of your time and get you out of here. Where's the best place for people to find you, follow you, find the group. Tell us where to, where do we need to send people? Um, I'm not hard to find. Uh, there's not many Larry Hagners that roam the world, <laughs> I guess. Cause if you Google my name, you'll find everything that I do. Uh, you just have to search the dad edge. That's probably the easiest way. If you're a podcast listener, there isn't a channel that we're not on. Um, we're even on Pandora radio and iHeartRadio and all the, all the channels. And of course, iTunes and Google play and all that stuff. I don't even know how many now, um, as far as our website, it's thedadedge.com, not dadedge. It's thedadedge.com. That's uh, where you're going to find a bunch of our you know, free resources. We've got a few free trainings on there for marriage and intimate conversation starters, um, as well as you know, you'll find information on, about our mastermind, which is Dadedge Alliance on there too, if that intrigues you. Um, and if you're a business owner, we have the accelerator, which is the exact same landing page and application process. Is just when a man identifies himself as a business owner, he goes to um, our accelerator team. Awesome. We'll link it all up guys. Check this guy out. Check out the resources that Larry has put out. Um, they will serve you well. I can guarantee it. And if they don't come find me, um, I, I can vouch for everything Larry's doing. Like I said, he's motivated, inspired me, taught me, pushed me, encouraged me, um, from a distance along the way. Such an honor to get to have you on here. My, my friend will, uh, we'll stay in touch. Oh man. The honor was mine. You're a great interviewer, man. Uh, this <laughs> was super that. Yeah, this was super fun. And hey, congratulations. I think you just celebrated your one year, correct? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we, turned, we turned the corner. That's um, awesome. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's really exciting. It's a, it's a little bizarre to think we've gone this far. Um, yeah, man. But I also feel like we're just getting started. You so are. We'll, we'll you see are. where we go from here. More good things to come, man. I hope you're right. Hi, brother. We'll stay in touch. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See ya.